I ask that you find John chapter 8, verse 32 and 36. Let me read these two verses to you. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Verse 36. Therefore, if the Son sets you free, you really will be free. Let's pray. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation. Lord, if you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, Lord, you look at all of us today, but you see me differently. I'm your teacher. I'm your preacher. And upon me is a strict judgment, a greater judgment than anybody in this room. And I know that, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So in the name of Jesus that I pray, his name that I preach. Amen. You can be seated. It's good to see you today. We started last Sunday with a focus through the month of July on just the freedom we have in Christ. Obviously, July becomes a time to focus on the freedom we have as a nation, but I want to move it toward the freedom that we have in Christ. So we're going to be looking at that today. I was putting the sermon together, and I'll I got to, it was like three sermons in one. So uh, I, I, I want you to know I whittled it down and I'll give you the second part of this next Sunday. Go ahead and say thank you. You're, you're welcome. Uh, you'd, you'd have been here a long time <laughs> with all I wanted to do today. And I, I say that with uh, passion. Uh, what I'm giving you in this month is something that I have personally been studying since 1996. Uh, it's, uh, my doctorate is wrapped around this, uh, who I am as a pastor, my counseling sessions, the way I try to lead you is seeing people come to freedom in Christ. Uh, the Pentecostals would see it as a ministry of deliverance, and it is getting rid of the lies that the enemy is telling us, both men and women, and making us think we're something when the Lord tells us we're something else, getting rid of those wounds from our past, those memories that haunt us, uh, that the enemy uses to tell us, no, this is who you really are when that's not who you really are. You all get the picture? Uh, it's being able to be set free from that and to live as God really, really came for you to be able to live. So, um, that's a huge part of my personal ministry. So I, I can give way too much. Andrew told me to come to his church uh, not too long ago. And he said, Dad, just come do your thing. And uh, when he says that, uh, this is what the thing is. I used to travel around and... Um, when BSU's, Baptist Student Unions, used to come together for their yearly conference, I would go around and, and teach what I'm giving you all to the college students and used to do it with missionaries that were sent to foreign fields. Uh, nonetheless, uh, today is an area that I know the Lord has called me to, and I, I want you to know I'm very passionate about it. Um, Isaiah 61.1 is our mission statement. If you go through new member training, we tell you about this, about this verse. And uh, also, usually about the first of the year, I will remind you of it. Don't throw it in front of you all the time, but I do. If you're a member of our church and gone through new member training, I expect you to know this already. The Spirit of the Lord God is on me because the Lord has anointed me. This is the Lord uh, Isaiah talking about Jesus 
to bring good news to the poor, poor in spirit and also those who are in poverty. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. That his, and, and Jesus uses this in Luke four. He pulls this out of Isaiah to tell the people in Luke four that I am this person. And we'll get to that in, in a little further here in a moment. But I want you to see, it, it's, uh, we believe that the Lord could have an anointing on us. We preach good news. We want to deal with brokenhearted people. They can wear you out, they can drain you. But we really do want brokenhearted people because we believe the Lord heals brokenhearted people. And then people who are, who are captive uh, to their past, to the lies of the enemy, uh, to the captives. When he talks about prisoners, he's not just talking about people behind a jail cell. He's talking about what the enemy does to enslave us and to put us in prison, to be free from all that. And I, I, wanna, I wanna give you a picture of this. I, uh, Julie and I led a conference at a Pentecostal church in uh, Orlando a uh, number of years ago, and it was a freedom conference. Uh, from people all over the world, and, and Julie and I were able to be a part of that in, in just teaching these basic things that I'm going to be giving you today, okay? So I pray that you're blessed by them, uh, and just listen attentively, and I'll walk you through John 8 here in just a moment. But I wanted you to see our mission statement is about leading people to freedom. It, it, it is the Lord's mission statement. John 8, verse 30 is where we're going to start. We're going to end up in verse 36. Uh, sounds like a long journey, but it won't be that long. In verse 30, it said, as he was saying these things, many believed in him. There are many Jews who started and began to believe. Verse 31, so Jesus, uh, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. So they were beginning to believe in Jesus. You'll, you'll hear in a moment, we're gonna hit a wall with the way they have everything pictured in their mind in believing in him. But he, he's telling them, if you're my disciple, you are going to be in my word. It's gonna happen. Uh, it's James, our old friend James in the, in the New Testament. Do the word, don't just hear it. You've gotta be doers of the word. You can't just hear it. You've gotta, you gotta be able to put it into practice. And when he says this to them, in verse 31, to the ones who believe already, it's starting a little testy conversation back and forth with the Jews who are believing in him and with Jesus himself. When it talks about being in his word, I wanna show you something that I came up with on my own. I, I wrote it for me but I wanna share it with you, and I wrote it a long time ago. I keep it in my Bible on my, on my desk at my office in the, at the house. And this is what I wrote, and I pull it out and read it often. As I study it, meaning it being the Word of God, as I study it, let it study me. Let it study me. As I search it, let it search me. As I read it, let it read me. As I consume it, let it consume me. As I test it, let it test me. As I am in it, meaning all those above, let, let it, his word, be in me. 
Uh, I don't know if that helps you. I don't, I don't know if it's good for you. It's good for me to remember. When I'm reading God's word, I really don't want to be thinking about anybody else but me. Uh, I, I want it to form me. I want God's word to change me. I want God's word to shape me uh, into who he wants me to become. So I wanted you to see that. He says, if you, if you really are my disciple, go back to verse 31, if you will. If you really are my disciple, then you will continue in my word. Look at verse 32. He said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The word truth means not hidden. It's not covered up. Uh, a lie is obviously the opposite a lie is deception. It is covering it up. It's, it's being able to do that. Uh, as I teach parents about parenting, uh, I will remind them that uh, when we get to the point that we're born into sin, some people don't get it. They don't understand that we're born into a rebellion. And so I will, I will then start bringing up, if they're parents, I will start bringing up their children. And I'm going, do you have to teach your kid how to lie? No. Well, did you ship your kid off to a conference Friday through Sunday to teach them how to lie? No. The fact that we tell lies is a picture of our rebellion. We tell things to cover it up, to conceal it. And it's, it's just a life of deception. That's not the way we are to live. He said, you will know the truth, and the word truth here means it is exposed, it is open, it's not hidden in any way, it's out there. And you will know the truth, uh, and it will set you free. I've given you two books to, to uh, read, and to order and read if you want to. They, uh, those two books are behind me on the screen. Lies Women Believe and the Truth That Sets Them Free. And then Lies Men Believe and the Truth That Sets Them Free. And you're going, are there really two different sets of lies to a woman and a man? The answer is yes. And the enemy is very cunning in being able to do that. Uh, I'll get more into the lies of next Sunday's sermon. But you, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We know what freedom can look like. It's the chains are gone, right? It is, I'm let loose, I am released. But you gotta understand something about kingdom freedom. It's I don't have the freedom in the kingdom to do what I want. I have the freedom to do what he wills. For example, I've said this for years. When the world tells you to hate, the kingdom is gonna tell you to love. When the world says, have, get revenge, carry a grudge, carry a grudge, then the world is, the, the kingdom is going to say, forgive them, forgive them. When the world says, keep all the money for yourself, I'll go ahead and ask you this, what's, what's the kingdom gonna tell you? Be generous, give it away. Uh, you have the freedom not to do what you want, but you have the freedom to do what he wills. Uh, my, my brother is, uh, I'm getting ready to turn 63. My brother's 12 years older than me, so you do the math. In October, he'll be 75. Uh, had some health issues recently, 
in and out of the hospital. And from a distance, I've been trying to tend to my brother. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie Grand Torino uh, in Clint Eastwood, that's my brother. <laughs> if you say that, that's just a way to describe my brother. My brother's a, a retired trooper, uh, detective, undercover for way too many years. Uh, anyway, uh, he, he and I were chatting on the phone yesterday. And he came, he said to me, he goes, by the way, I want to ask you something. I said, okay. He said, have you ever eaten at the Bread of Life uh, restaurant in Liberty, Kentucky? And I said, oh, yes. I said, I've wanted to take my chair from the table and just scoot it over to the buffet, you know, and just sit there and growl at anybody who came near it, you know. I, I said, yes. In fact, I used to, when my mother-in-law, when my mom was in a nursing home in Glasgow, our mother, uh, I would go down and I would go back, to, I'd go to Glasgow different ways because I got tired. I'd go weekly to see my mom and I would stop by there and get my brother their coconut cream pie, which is absolutely, since we're in church, heavenly. And uh, they have a strawberry rhubarb pie that's worth the drive, okay? So I'd stop and get him some pies there. I said, you remember those pies I used to get you? And he said, yeah. I said, well, that's where they came from. I would get them. He goes, man, what a restaurant. I said, well, do you know the story behind it? And he goes, no, not really. So I started telling him about Jerry and Sandy Tucker. And I, 30 years ago, Julie and I, we were in Russell County. I was pastor there at First Baptist in Russell Springs for almost eight years. And so we would go back and forth to Russell County, and if I did, we'd, a lot of times we'd plan on stopping there to eat. Wonderful. So I started telling him about Jerry and Sandy Tucker. Sandy's gone on to be with the Lord. She died about seven years ago. But our church would do ministry with them. And Jerry and Sandy, from best I can remember in the story, could not have children, so they started adopting children. And then they got to where they would take any child that would be given to them from different nations, different races, different needs. Some of them had special needs. And so they would just keep adding on and build a, a dormitory here and a cafeteria. In fact, the cafeteria that they now have, the, the restaurant, is birthed out of their cafeteria that they had for all the children. And they would take it. And uh, one of the ministries that I remember when we were in Russell County that started, was they, they started a ministry called Born Free. And if you're my age, I'm going, born free, as free as the wind blows, right? You remember that? Remember that? Good. Thank you. I'm glad I've, there's a consensus of core out here. I'm glad to know that. And it's a ministry to the ladies who are in prison at Pee Wee Valley. And they have children. Some of them are pregnant when they're sentenced. And they, uh, they birth the children so... The Galilean home has a ministry called Born Free where they raise those ladies' children until they get out of prison. And uh, then uh, at least once a week, if not twice a week, but I know it's at least once a week, they, they had a van given to them and they put Born Free Ministries on there. And so they, those people take those babies to their mother to see them at least once or twice a week. Isn't that great? Isn't that awesome? They, they do it. But here's what I wanted to tell you. Um, 
Many, many times, and you, you've heard me say this, and I will continue to say this. Don't, don't ever think I'm going to lighten up on this because I will not lighten up on it. We look for programs to be a part of. Here's a woman and his, a man and his wife, Jerry and Sandy Tucker, and they heard the voice of the Lord, and they started adopting children and they operated all of it on faith. They raised their own food. Uh, they, they let you eat all you wanted. I, I mean, they, they schooled these children and just generations that they have thrown their life into. And this, this wasn't birthed out of a committee meeting. Are you all listening? This wasn't birthed out of a business meeting. This was birthed out of God revealing to them. And you know what, Jerry and Sandy Tucker, they had the freedom in Christ to go do what he asked them to do. It's not that you go do what you want, you do what he wills. And you do what he reveals to you. He's not gonna reveal all ministries to all of us. But he will reveal to you what he wants you to be a part of. This is Experiencing God, by the way, the book, the study. And then he will ask you to join him in that work. And he did this with Jerry and Sandy Tucker, great people. When you, when you eat there, whatever meal you eat there, you're blessing that ministry. The profits go into, it's a nonprofit, but it goes back into all that they do there. It's an incredible place. But here's what I'm trying to tell you is that there is a freedom. You'll hear the call of God, but you'll go, I can't do it. And that's a lie. He, he will absolutely resource that for you, just like he's done for them. One of the greatest contributors to this ministry is Charlie Daniels. I know he's going on to be with the Lord, but I've seen Charlie interviewed many times. I'm calling him Charlie like I know him, like we send Christmas cards to each other, you know, but, but I've seen Charlie Daniels interviewed and he had on a trucker hat that had Galilean ministries on the front of it. And he would wear it all the time. If you go through Liberty, you would see billboards of Charlie Daniels sponsoring this, but he gave hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe even millions to them to carry on their ministry because they believed in it. I just want you to see Jerry and Sandy Tucker had the freedom in Christ to follow what he was asking them to do. Remember, freedom is not doing what you want. It's being able to do what he wills for you to do. But then you go, what's my freedom from? And here's where we all begin. James 1, 14 and 15. This is the fourth Sunday I've given you these two verses. Do you reckon I'm giving them to you for a special reason? I, I am. I, I want you to learn these two verses. I want you to be able to show other people these two verses when you get in spiritual conversations. And for those of you who are willing to receive these verses, I'm glad. There's another side of me that can be the old football coach and I wanna take these verses and cram it down your ears because I want you to see the pattern here. The pattern is very important. Let's walk through the pattern. James says, but each person is tempted when he is drawn away. Remember the first step in this process is he will draw you away from the people of God, from the word of God, from the house of God. You all with me? That's the first move. You start drifting away. Then the next step is you are enticed by your own desires. God's given you desires. 
but he intends for you to use them in a way that brings glory and honor to him. There are ways to take those desires that God has given you and use them in a God-forbidden way. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. So there are desires. They're given to every single one of us. But I've got to make the choice to let those desires bring honor to him. And you're enticed by your own evil desires. Verse 15, here's the next step. The desire conceives to an action. You don't only think about it, you not only crave it, you do it. You actually engage in this. And it's conceived, it gives birth to sin, and, and sin gives birth, it expands, it becomes a gateway, it's fully grown, and it gives birth to death. It leads to destruction. The, these are steps of living in a, a rebellion. In the, in the Lord, here's the gospel. Listen to the gospel here. The Lord came to find you at any of those steps. Who, who knows where you are in that series, in that sequence? Who knows? You can be at different places, but here's the gospel message. Jesus came to destroy that sequence, and Jesus came to find you at any phase or sequence that is there, any step that is there. He came to rescue you in that way. That's the gospel. And that's, this is what we're free from. When I come to Christ, I have stepped out of that pattern. I'm no longer in that drifting away pattern. I'm no longer taking desires God gave me and use them in a God-forbidden way. I want to honor the Lord with them. I'm no longer in the pattern of letting my desires come to action and then let that sin come and give birth to sin. And then that sin gives birth to more sin and it leads to rebellion. That's what I am set free from. Do you understand that? That this pattern, this pattern is what he has delivered me from. This is the pattern the enemy wants you and I to stay in. Why? Because it is a process of rebellion and that rebellion is going to lead to your destruction. It will lead you there. That becomes the picture of the gospel. You, you become a slave to this a slave to that sin and that system that Satan has put up, but he has come to crush that. Now I'm no longer a part of that pattern. Look at Romans 6, verses 16 through 18. Don't you know that if you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of that one you obey. So we're talking about obedience here. E either of sin leading to death, which is the pattern I just gave you, or obedience leading to righteousness. So we're gonna get here in these next two verses that I'm a slave to something. So I, I've, if I'm not a slave to this rebellious pattern, then I'm gonna be a slave to the Lord in, in his honoring pattern. I, I change that, it becomes a life of not disobedience, but it becomes a life of obedience. But thank God, verse 17, but thank God that all, although you used to be slaves of sin, it said used to be, remember he's broken us from that pattern? You, you obeyed from the heart that pattern of teaching you were transferred to. 
Verse 18, and having been liberated or set free from sin, that pattern, you became enslaved to righteousness. We, we became on a path that honors the Lord. You and I all have, we have times in, in, in just situations in our life that can just frustrate us, right? And man, I wanna respond in the flesh just like you do. I mean, I, I just, I can't handle it when somebody just lays on the horn in just a rude way. You know what I mean? I mean, just, just blows the air out of it. You know what I'm saying? And you're probably going, well, the preacher responds and he's just so kind and, you know, and raises my hand and says, God bless him. Do you want to know what I really want to do? I, want, I, I feel like I'm starting to turn green, ripping out of my shirt. You know, I want to get out of my car and just hulk on their hood. Do you understand what I'm saying? And just, you know, just, uh, and I want to yell so loud that I shatter their window. Am I alone? No, that's what I want to do. But that's not what I do. I have to take that thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You don't want your pastor doing that even though you're trying to picture me green. I know that, I get it. But yeah, do I wanna react in the flesh? Heck yes, heck yes. Dean, I'm gonna pick on you. Dean and I were working out together in the gym the other day and I had my mind somewhere else, man. And Dean, I had my earbuds in and Dean comes up to me and hits me, scared the bejeebers out of me. Did I think about saying things you would not want your pastor to say? Huh? Yeah, but I had to take it. I said, Dean. Oh man, he was just laughing at me. He just had a ball. I said, Dean, you know what I almost did, you know? And I, I mean, we're all there, right? So we have to take that captive. Paul says, take it captive to the obedience of Christ. So yeah, we all have those moments, but here's the difference. I'm in Christ and now I have the freedom to know the difference. And I have the freedom to know the pattern that the enemy wants me to live in. And I have the freedom to know the pattern that Jesus wants me to live in. So I choose the one of his righteousness. You got it? It doesn't mean that I don't have the thoughts like you all do. It doesn't mean that at all. It is we have to learn to choose. And I, I'm just trying to be transparent here. I'm not trying to make my life a superlative over yours. I'm just trying to tell you, I deal with the same stuff you deal with. I just have to take the thought captive and then obey Christ with it. You get it? Y'all receive that? All right, and we have the freedom to go to the pattern that Jesus chooses for us. Isn't that beautiful? That's the gospel that we need to be able to see. I, I wanna remind you of something very clearly about the enemy. And that is, when, when you and I are saved, when he rescues us, and we're gonna deal with that in just a second, and you and I are saved, I, I get eternal life when I first believe. I don't get eternal life when I die. I already have it. He says it's a gift. The wages of sin is death. Finish it for me, but the gift of God is 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I, I will have eternal life when I die, but I don't get it then. I have it now, okay? I have a reservation in heaven, 1 Peter chapter one, and it is kept by God. Nothing earthly can get it. Moths can't eat it, meaning like claws. My mom had mothballs in every drawer of our house, uh, and I never saw a moth. You know, I guess they always work, but my mom had mothballs everywhere. And, and rust can't decay it, right? And then he said, thieves can't steal it. And he said, those are pictures of three earthly things that cannot take away our eternal glory. Satan cannot take my eternal glory. You got it? He can't get it. But one thing he can do is affect your abundant life. He can have you living miserably. But Jesus said you could have both. I don't have to choose between one or the, or the other. I, I can have both, abundant life. The enemy can have you in such a deceptive mode of thinking and believing lies. Your chin will be to your chest. You're mad all the time. You're angry about everything. You're critical about everybody. Do y'all, y'all, hello, no amens? You, you see that? That's him, that's him aggravating your abundant life. He can't steal your eternal glory but he can sure take your abundant life and mess over you with it. And it becomes the picture of, of him saying that this is who you really are. And, and meaning the old Jeff or the old you. That's who, he'll go, that's who you really are. It's not who you are. Because the Lord came and delivered you from that pattern and he delivered you from that sequence that I was able to show you. Warren Wiersbe, I love Warren Wiersbe. I'm a very conservative man. I live conservatively, I live, I live simply. But Warren Wiersbe is a conservative scholar. He's dead, gonna be with the Lord. Uh, but I love his writings. And uh, he's got a great book on, uh, on the enemy, on the adversary. It's a wonderful book, very simple book, but very wonderful. And uh, one of the things he says in here that I wanted to share with you, it's just a paraphrase. I'm not gonna put it on the screen. But he said he has to remind people all the time that you and I are not living for, to victory. You and I are living from victory. Now just let that sink in for a moment. You're thinking we're gonna live to be one day victorious. No, 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 no. We're already victorious. In fact, we've been singing about it all morning. I don't know if you paid attention to it about the victory that he already has. We're not, listen, if you're picturing a future victory for Jesus, your theology is all messed up. It's, it's over, do you all understand? It's, been, it's finished, it's complete. You and I are not trying to live to gain victory, you and I are living from victory. I'm no longer, I'm victorious. That pattern that I just gave you in John 1, 14, James 1, 14, 15, I'm no longer a part of that pattern. This is, I'm victorious over that. Only because of Christ. Because of what he has done. So we're not gaining victory. We're living from victory. Is that good for you today? Does that help you today? Or is it just this section over here that it helps? Yeah. Yeah, it's, we live from it. You're already living in the victory of Christ. It's the enemy that wants you thinking you have to gain victory. 
It's Jesus that wants you to know you already have it in him, right? All right, I need to go on. All right, John 8, 33. The conversation is getting a little testy. Here the Jewish believers are saying, we are descendants of Abraham. They answered him, we have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say we have become free? Their identity was in Abraham. All right, Abraham, it's a good, that's not a bad thing. It's just not the best thing. The, the identity is in Abraham. Here, Abraham is a father of our faith, but listen, he's not the father of our faith. He's not the father. He is a father of our faith, but he is not the father of our faith. And they, they're getting into a major discussion here about arguing over Abraham. And you and I can do the same thing. Jesus is basically telling this group of people, you, what you're looking for is standing right in front of you. But you're, you're telling me you believe in me, but yet you're holding Abraham in a higher place. And so as a preacher, I ask that to you. Is there anybody, are there anything that you hold in a higher standard than Jesus? Because nothing takes his place, nothing. And here, Abraham, even though they're beginning to believe in him, he's realizing that they are really honoring they really are holding up on a pedestal Abraham himself. Verses 34 and 35. Jesus responded, I assure you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. We've already handled that. Verse 35. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. E even though it doesn't say Abraham in verse 35, he means Abraham. Slaves come and go. Abraham comes and goes, right? Even though he's the father of our faith, but he's saying, I don't leave. I am always, I am the son and I will remain with you. He's telling them, uh, Abraham's not a bad thing. He's just not the best thing. And I am this very person in front of you is who you need. Now, I'm not gonna give you all the verses because of time, but this is one of my favorite places of teaching. I've been teaching this for a long, long time. They get into an argument over Abraham here in, these, in, some, in some verses following. And they're basically saying, you don't know who Abraham is. And this is so Jesus to me. I don't know if you think Jesus has a sense of humor, but I do. I think he has a sense of humor. I think it's displayed right here. I think he's packing this with truth, but I, uh, I believe that he has a sense of humor and he's expressing that here. They're, they're like, you don't know anything about Abraham. And they're frustrated at Jesus. And look at Jesus. They're, he goes, your father, Abraham, and notice how he says your father because that's how they recognize him. It was overjoyed that he would see my day. Now, here, here's the deal. Abraham and Jesus already know each other, right? Abraham saw Jesus come to earth. Yes. And it said... He said he was overjoyed that, that, that he would see my day. He saw it and rejoiced, and the word rejoice there means he applauded it. In other words, if you're having trouble with this, when the Father sent Jesus to earth, Abraham was probably on the edge of heaven going, I'll see you later, Jesus. 
They knew each other and they knew each other well. Look at verse, look at verse uh, 57. The Jews replied, remember they've got Abraham a little higher than they need. You aren't 50 years old yet and you've seen Abraham? And then Jesus says in verse 57, I love this. Je Jesus said to them, I assure you before Abraham was, I am. He said, I, I helped create Abraham. I've known Abraham. And look at, let me tell you how excited they were to hear this. This is like a deacon's meeting and a Baptist uh, uh, business meeting going on here. And, and that they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus was hidden and went out of the temple complex. They didn't like hearing that they needed to leave and take Abraham off the pedestal and put Jesus there. And folks, if we're not careful, we'll do exactly the same thing. It may not be Abraham that we have on the pedestal. It could be our kids. It could be our spouse. It could be our bank account. It could be what we drive and what we live in and how we look. It could be a whole lot of things. You with me? It's not Jesus plus anything else. It's just Jesus. It's just him. And he's saying, I'm in right in front of you. I am right here absolutely in front of you. So we gotta make sure that we're in a relationship with the Lord. Lastly, look at John 8, 36. We said it earlier. If the Son sets you free, you really will be free. Go back to verse 32. I want you to notice how Jesus changes the word truth with the word son. Do you see verse 32? You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And then he changes it. Verse 36, it still means the same thing. And if the son sets you free, you really will be free because truth is a person. You listening? In the person of Christ, John 14, six. Jesus says to his disciples, specifically one, he said, I am the way, not one way out of many ways, the only way. I am a truth, not one truth out of several truths. Just not pick a card, any card. There's only one truth. And I am the life, not one life out of several lives. Life outside of Christ is considered death. You hear me? You've, when you come to Christ, you've crossed over from death unto life. So life outside of Christ is considered destroyed in destruction and death, just a matter of time. I am the way, the truth, and no one comes to the Father except through me. It's not you're gonna to go to Abraham through me, it's you're going to go to the Father through me. Truth is not a concept, it's not a philosophy, it's not even an idea, it is a person, and it's the person of Christ. And I absolutely mean and include his word. We've already handled that. So I, I, I want you to see here in this last verse what has happened to us. Colossians 1.13, in, in the picture of freedom and living with him, he has rescued us from the domain of darkness and he has transferred us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. Listen, you might have a picture 
And let's just say this water that Brooke was baptized in is darkness. It's not, but let's just use it hypothetically. And, and you're thinking, well, the Lord reached his fingertips into the water to get me. It's not true. Every bit of him went into darkness to get you. And he went to find you at all those stages that we had in James 1, 14 and 15, because some of us were in different stages of that process. And he pulled you from that darkness. And what he knew, he transferred you to the kingdom of the son that he loves. That's why I know I'm no longer a slave to that Satan sinful pattern. I'm no longer a slave to that. Now, can my flesh deal with it? Yes, but just like when I was hulking it up on the hood a while ago, I've got to take that thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That's what my flesh wants to do, but the Jesus in my heart does not want me to do that. And you, you got to process that over and over and over and over. It just becomes a daily process. But look, do you see that? He, he, he didn't just stick his fingers in darkness. He plunged into darkness. And he got us and he transferred us to the kingdom of the son that he loves. And that's freedom. Not to do what I want, but to do what he wills in all of us. I pray that we surrender to that today. And not only surrender, would you give thanks during this invitation that he has rescued us and he has transferred us. No longer the pattern of the enemy, but to the pattern of the one who has rescued us. My body from that day on is to bring honor and glory to him in everything that I do with every person that I meet. It's freedom. Let's pray. Father, I pray over our people today. Decisions that are being made and will be made, I pray over them, Lord. I pray they hear the gospel today. And the gospel is you came to destroy that pattern of sin and rebellion. And you came to give us life eternal and abundant and that you are truth. Truth is you and you came to us. And we thank you for the rescue. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray and we pray together. Amen. The invitation is this. Whosoever will, for whatever reason today, you come. Church, would you stand with me? The team's going to lead us. Counselors, you find your place here in the altar and you come.